Hello, my name is Giovanni and this is Social Medicine, my weekly therapy session wherein we delve deep into the issues that are on my mind. Today I will be discussing rap as an art form. As a fan of rap music, I feel that a lot of its merits are cast aside due to the neglect and ignorance that paints it as a lesser art form than, say, classical music or rock music. And look, I understand that some of this ignorance is born out of a greater ignorance, you know, racism, but because it is something that is virtually impossible to know, unless the person has explicitly expressed their racist views, then it has no place in this discussion. I mainly want to talk about the art form and its valid and less valid criticisms. It goes without saying hatred is not a criticism, it's lunacy. So some of the biggest complaints about rap music from its detractors are that its lyrical content is too explicit and mindless, or that these lyrics damage the genre's universal relatability, or that it's too aggressive in art form, or that these lyrics always revolve around the wicked trifecta, uh, promoting drug use, hyperbolizing one's sexual prowess and denigrating women, and the glorification of gang violence and anti-cop sentiment. I know this from both personal discussions with those who aren't fans of it and from internet threads. I found a thread on Quora where someone simply asked the question, why don't you like rap music? And I got a lot of interesting responses, but the top answer, I think, best summarizes a lot of the complaints about rap. I'm going to read it to you all to help paint the picture of the kind of problems or concerns people have with rap and attempt to answer as many as I can in this episode. Okay, here we go. This was written by Kathy McDonald Rost, who apparently was a journalist at CNN for over 20 years and a self-proclaimed film and TV buff, all according to her Quora bio. Anyway, she says, I'll answer because I don't enjoy most rap quote-unquote music. First of all, maybe what's surrounding the rap is music, but the rap itself is shouting, not singing, or music. I've noticed lately the formula seems to be to feature a singer to do the chorus, then the rapper does the verses. That's because they are admitting rapping by itself is too monotonous. While some rap lyrics are brilliant, listening to them is unpleasant. The raps are usually too fast and riddled with too many slang references to make sense to a 50-something white woman like me. If I want to be incoherently screamed at, I can just go downtown and insult people. Then they break out the autotune for those who can't sing. I'd rather hear cats fuck all night long than autotune singers. And don't get me started on the sampling. Come up with your own damn beats, rappers. Don't rip off people who have actually made the effort to write a good song. Pisses me off every time I hear the beat from Under Pressure or whatever. But then... Not to worry, I'm not the target audience. Then there are arguments against rap as music made by people who view their subjective opinions as being objective. My case against rap is I, I have the <laughs> musical case against rap and then I'll get to the cultural case okay. against rap. So, so the, the musical case against rap is that in, in my view and the view of my music theorist father who, who went to music school, the, there are three elements to music. There is harmony, there, mm -hmm. is, there is melody, and there is rhythm. Okay. And rap only fulfills one of these, the rhythm section. That there's not a lot of melody and there's not a lot of harmony. Mm. And thus, it is basically effectively spoken rhythm. And so it's not actually a form of music. It's a, it's a form of rhythmic speaking. Uh, and, <laughs> and thus, I, and so beyond the subjectivity of me just not enjoying rap all that much, uh, it, it's what I've said before is it's not music. That was famous conservative fast talker Ben Shapiro, whose argument for rap not being music has been torn apart by almost everyone. My favorite of which is from 12 Tone, a YouTuber with a background in music theory. Here's a clip from his video, which I recommend you watch. Is this a good way to define music in the first place? Spoiler alert. No. Now, to be clear, language is subjective, and Shapiro is free to define music however he wants for his own personal use, but when he says things like, So beyond the subjectivity of me just not enjoying rap, it attributes the claim to my music theorist father who went to music school in order to argue that it's not actually a form of music. He's invoking the concept of technical language, implying that his definition reflects some sort of objective truth, or at the very least, that it would be supported by a majority of experts in the field. But here's the thing. I'm an expert in the field. I'm a music theorist, and much like Shapiro's father, 
father, I also went to music school. And beyond that, I know plenty more music theorists, musicologists, ethnomusicologists, and other music experts, and I've never heard any of them use anything even close to this definition. Why not? Because it excludes a lot of things that are broadly considered music. Just wanted to show you all what I would consider valid and idiotic complaints against hip-hop. So now, with that list of complaints in mind, I would like to get to how I'll be structuring this episode because it'll be a little different. I think it would be fair to classify rap music into three general categories. We have lyrical rap music that flows, that uses flow and literary devices to either tell a compelling narrative, deliver some clever lines, or make a call for social justice. Um, then there's gangster rap or, you know, boastful rap, which revolves around the rapper brandishing his gangster credentials and exaggerated physical traits as an ego boost. And then there's popular rap music, which mainly foregoes strong lyrical content in favor of making a commercial hit. Um, these are at least the three general categories that made the most sense to me. Uh, I want to spend some time diving into each of these three categories, but I want to point out that I won't simply be defending the genre as a whole. Um, as someone who enjoys this type of music, I have a bias, but I also have my own problems and concerns with it. You know, we're complex creatures with complex opinions. Get over it. I will attempt to shine light on the greatest issues that arise with each of these categories of rap as well as the merits of each each of them carry. I am by no means an expert on the subject, as is true of everything I talk about, just someone who wants to talk about it, so I hope you enjoy it. Also, I will be mainly focusing on contemporary rap, as that is what I listen to, and what is presently what the world is listening to. And also, I have to point out that in no way am I insinuating that these three categories are unlinked or detached from one another. There can and is obviously an overlap of these categories when you listen to different songs. Think of it as a Venn diagram, is not as three separate circles. Okay, first up we have lyrical rap, probably the most divisive category of rap within the rap community. You either love it or make fun of it for being corny, and as someone who falls into both camps, I can speak to the attraction and the hate. Earlier I shared my definition of lyrical rap and that's what I'll be using uh, when I talk about this particular category and every other one in their respective definition for that matter. It's clear that throughout history, lyricism has played an important role in who we listen to or, or value as rappers. Take a look at anyone's top 5 rappers of all time list and you're bound to see it full of universally praised rappers such as Jay-Z, Eminem, MF Doom, Biggie, Tupac, and the list goes on and on. Even more contemporary rappers like Kendrick Lamar and Jermaine Cole fall in some people's lists. So the value of lyricism to the art form as a whole is not lost on anyone. There's obvious talent that goes into writing verses filled with clever rhymes and wordplay are ones that use these literary devices to tell a story. One of my favorites of, of such songs is Jermaine Cole's Wet Dreams from his featureless double platinum album 2014 Forest Hills Drive, in which he recounts the story of his fears, urges, and anxiety leading up to losing his virginity in high school. For those unfamiliar, here's a snippet. It wasn't nothing like that first time she was in my math class. Long hair, brown skin with the fat ass. Sat beside me, used to laugh, had mad jokes. The teacher always got mad, so we passed notes. It started off so innocent. She had a vibe in a nigga started digging it. Uh, I was a young and straight crushing, trying to play this shit cool. But a nigga couldn't wait to get to school. As I mentioned before, that album went double platinum with no features, so there's obviously still a thirst for more lyrical rap. So where does all the hate come from? I think for a lot of people, like Kathy from before, it stems from a generalization of all rap music as being like that one song they heard and didn't like. I mean, this one song alone goes against a lot of the things she complained about. It's not fast or abrasive, there's no featured singer to do the hook, but I can still see her not liking it for the simple fact that it is very explicit in its language and subject matter. So really, it stems from an ignorant refusal to even try that is a result of said over generalization. 
But that has to do with all rap. What about the lyrical type? Well, like I said, the love and hate of this form of rap comes from within the rap community. I personally hate the new anti-mumble rap movement within the rap community. It's common for big name rappers like the aforementioned Jermaine Cole and Eminem or others like Joyner Lucas or Hobson to criti criticize the admittedly dumb stuff that has come out more recently. But this dumb stuff is also insanely catchy and whether people like it or not, deserves a place in the rap community. It's here to stay. This debate between mumble rap and lyrical rap is dumb and instead of having old rappers talk shit about the new and vice versa, they should just focus on making whatever type of music they want to make their following happy. As a rapper, it doesn't matter where you fall on the spectrum, you are nothing without the people wanting more from you. And when they don't, you know. There's a reason why Eminem has, in the minds of most, tainted his once celebrated legacy with failure after failure. There's a reason why nobody cares about Little Pump anymore. His novelty and humor is worn out. He's now just pathetic when he used to be interestingly pathetic. Speaking of pathetic, it was clear for me how dumb this debate was when a song titled Death to Mumble Rap came out by a couple of people I, and I'm sure most of you, have never heard of. If you think that song title is cringeworthy, wait until you listen to it. Here's the last verse in all its glory. Oh, y'all sell tickets like Marvel movies? Well, I still hate it like Scorsese. Y'all are just food from McDonald's, and I am a gourmet filet that's more tasty. I'm more crazy than a short lady trying to give birth to 84 babies in the very back of a Porsche Cayman. I bury rappers than poor pavement. Just because you're rapping fast doesn't mean that you're saying something. Y'all motherfuckers rap so damn slow that somehow you're literally saying nothing. Just because you can rap fast doesn't mean that you can rap good. Well, just because you can rap at all doesn't mean that your motherfucking ass should. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, hit a hood. With a psychoanalytical metaphysical message, man, I'm making a fucking mockery. If anybody making a tip, taking a fucking top of me, I brutalize the beat and get the broccoli. Brutal, brutal, go the Tommy gun and then the body's come. Do, 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 hit the choppers come. Everybody got to win, you gotta get a blood that's blood up in the ocean water and it's washing to the shore. Hey, I'm riding to the core, catch your body, maybe four. I'm gonna drop it to the floor, that there's a guy versus war. I got a shotty and a sword, it's like I'm already a war. You know I got a rubber score, but I'm stomping you some more. You'll be dead body in the more talking to the Lord. You ain't got an audience no more, all of them are bored. You don't party anymore, nobody watches when you perform. Now you gotta go and get a job at the Gucci store. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Song is two years. Old G Wiz, who would thank? Pull your motherfucker pants up, you coochie stank. Fuck the dumbass cats on your stupid face. I'd rather listen to Wu Tang. I'd rather listen to Luke and Crypt. I'd rather listen to Futuristic, and you'd rather listen to this. I'm about to really go insane if the game gives even it have a little bit of fame to another motherfucker that got little in his name. Fuck Gucci, used to join the literacy gang. Kids used to want to be astronauts in space, now kids want to put tats up on their face. All we're trying to be is the best MCs. It's the death of mumble rap, rest in peace. I think it's silly to criticize an entertaining form of rap with genuine gibberish. And I like how they acknowledge and brush off genuine criticism of this form of lyrical rap that artists like Eminem and Logic somehow both perfected and then butchered. But of course, lyrical or more traditional rap, I guess, can certainly be good. And I think it's important to learn about rappers of the past who understand the influences of some of our favorite rappers. There's a video by Vox that I'm going to recommend that deconstructs some of the flows and rhymes of the greatest lyricists and overall rappers of the past. As I mentioned before, there will be an overlap in these categories, and a lot of what I talk about in this section dedicated to gangster rap is applicable to lyrical and popular rap. In fact, I think this whole style and subject matter is the aspect of rap that is criticized the most by people who listen to this. Turning me on like it's her job. Actually, before I move on, I want to talk about, real quick, talk about the influence of rap because a lot of the same people putting it down as a lesser form of art enjoy art that is at least somehow influenced by it. Even people like Eminem got with the times and utilizes a lot of trap beats in his music. And we have people like Lana Del Rey whose hip-hop influence is evident in some of her songs through her delivery. 
With that being said, hip-hop's influence on the music industry is marred by the provocative lyrics and themes that are synonymous with the genre. It'd be ridiculous for me to even attempt to convince you all that this synonymity is undeserved. I just want to convince you all why you should look past this and make an effort to open up your ears, but more importantly, your mind to the music. Whether it's misogynistic gibberish that's meant to make you shake your booty or a personal story told through this art form, I implore you to try. Maybe not try to listen to it, but try to see why it matters, why it's the most popular genre of music. I'm making a personal request to all of you listening to genuinely write rap off as mindless garbage to instead of finding offense to all the bad words the rappers are saying or by all the gang-related rhetoric, be offended by the very fact that they have to go through that. Don't be mad at the people telling you their stories. Be mad at the fact that these are your fellow humans' experiences. And the stuff that is glorifying these kinds of actions, because of course it exists, and view it for what it is as the most general sense, self-expression. And that is the problem with a lot of rap lyrics. You do see a glorification of drugs and violence and misogyny, but that is something that has to be addressed from within communities. It goes with what I said last episode. It is our responsibility to provide each other with the healthy relationships that lead us down a path of empathy, happiness, and common sense. It points to a larger societal problem that people are quick to try to silence or censor art in favor of even acknowledging a deep-rooted issue in our lower-class communities. I think this is an example of privilege, because the privileged don't have to experience domestic and gang violence or abuse or trauma at the same level as a lot of the communities that birth these rappers. They don't say a word. If it's not affecting me, why should I care? But it is a problem when lyrics depicting these issues make their way inside their communities because their children may hear about someone getting murdered. It's easier to cry about your children potentially hearing curse words on the internet instead of actually being a decent parent and being the one to bring this and other issues up and discuss it with them. Folks need Porsches. Hoes need abortions. I'm sorry. I just need y'all out my business. Never no problem playing no pitches. Never no problem spraying no witnesses. No face, no case, been with the shit. Hopped out broad day, then emptied clips. This is where it gets really messed up. Hot, cut class, cause it wasn't about cash. So talking about cutting school. School wasn't no fun because I couldn't bring my gun. No win change gonna come like Obama would say. But they shooting every day round my mama and them way. So we put an AK where Kanye and them stay, and that's for any nigga say he got a problem with me. Now I'm crippin' where I'm livin', come and follow me, pistol poppin' Poppy Street. I'm sure some of you remember this lady who was brought to tears when making a video of herself reading the lyrics to Finn Staples' North North after stumbling upon the censored version on the radio on her way to drop her kids off at school. You can watch the full 11 minute, 11 minute video where she reads out the entire song and complains about this filth's existence and the potential influence on her and others' children. 
You might have noticed a bang sound in the background. That is because she was recording herself very clearly reading these explicit lyrics with her young daughter in the room, who is visible in the video mere feet away from her, which I think beautifully sums up the hypocrisy of people like that. Before I move on, I want to read Vince Staples' reaction to this viral Christian mom. He tweeted, What I was saying was that the woman in that video is clearly confused on the context of the song, which causes her to be frightened. She also, in my opinion, seems to be emotionally unstable. With both these things being said, she has a right to her opinion. Yeah, what he said is very true. Ignorance can lead to, among many other things, fear. So the fear of the unknown, which in this case is gang violence, led this woman to ironically expose her child to the filth she was trying to warn others about. It's a vicious cycle of ignorance that ruins a great ma many things in our lives. But there must be a reason why music like this is being played on the radio. I mean, it must be resonating with some people for it to be given airtime. Of course it did, because people can either listen to this type of song and resonate with either the lyrics and the artist's intended message or the music itself, which I think popular rap music does very well. It's artists like Travis Scott, Tyler the Creator, and Kanye West that provide us with a lyrical middle ground between mumble and lyrical rap. Something that, although is well-structured and written, does not provide us with the vivid imagery, compelling storytelling, and clever wordplay that the best rap lyricists do. These are artists that envision rap as the new pop. Just like pop, popular rap songs are easy to memorize and sing along to, and are more likely to be played in the club or the radio than something made by lyrical rappers, due in part to the main focus of these songs the music. Both the instrumental and the melodies that are found in popular rap songs choruses are instrumental, pun intended, in making a hit. I think a lot of people underestimate the talent and skill necessary to make a hit song. It requires an understanding of musical trends and a drive that I think most of us lack, no matter how much we think we don't. This, I think, is the category of rap music that most of us tend to be okay with. I mean, there's a reason why Drake is the biggest artist in the world, and he not, he's not someone I would classify as a master lyricist or a gangster rapper. He's clearly honed in his skills and established a connection with the audience that most rappers dream of achieving. I think the only criticism that some people, even within the rap community, is that these kinds of songs are too repetitive. I'm sure we all understand the need for structure in music and the need for chorus in said structure. You're not cool for thinking some things are beneath you because of their perceived simplicity. Just chill out and dance. Be happy and enjoy music. It's the most beautiful thing on earth and it should not be taken for granted. I don't have a lot to say about popular rap music other than it's fun. It's catchy and something I can dance to. It makes me happy and as long as you don't make yourself unhappy trying to persuade others to hate it, then you do you. Finally, I want to spend some time on someone I think that should be highlighted in the rap business. Someone whom I think encompasses all three of these categories better than most. Kendrick Lamar Duckworth. Now, it may seem like I'm shifting gears to me raving about my favorite rapper, but I promise it serves a purpose. By doing this, I mean to highlight all aspects I touched upon with a singular artist as a metaphor, you know, to make it easier to visualize my points. There are three specific songs I want to focus on, The Black or the Berry from his album To Pimp a Butterfly, his magnum opus, and Triple X and Fear from his Pulitzer Prize winning album Damn. I think these three songs make for some of Kendrick's best and exemplify perfectly the point I'm trying to make about rap being a complex and expressive art form that I think few other genres of music are. It can capture sorrow and love more clearly than some ballads, anger and rebellion more than some heavy metal songs, rhythm and excitement more than some electronic dance music, but this all of course depends on the intended goal of the rapper and his mastery over his craft. Let's look at the first song I listed, The Black or the Berry, which captures an anger-induced rant about the state of Kendrick's culture and people in America, and the hypocrisy he found deep within his heart. 
I'm the biggest hypocrite in 2015. Once I finish this, witnesses will convey just what I mean. Been feeling this way since I was 16. Came to my senses. You never liked this anyway. Fuck your friendship. I meant it. I'm African American. I'm African. I'm black as the moon. Heritage of a small village. Part of my residence. Came from the bottom of mankind. My hair is nappy. My dick is big. My nose is round and wide. You hate me, don't you? You hate my people. Your plan is to terminate my culture. You're fucking evil. I want you to recognize that I'm a proud monkey. You vandalize my perception, but can't take down from it. It's a pro-black song while also being self-critical. A song that I think illustrates the pride and anger and paranoia expressed by a black man from the hood, surrounded by a culture of black-on-black crime through gang violence. It's an anger first expressed outwards towards the man in the first couple of verses, but later turned inward toward himself, ending the song with a concise explanation of the hypocrisy he proclaims at the start of each verse. I refuse to only show you the part of the third and final verse. So here it is in its entirety. I'm the biggest hypocrite in 2015. When I finish this, if you listen, then sure you will agree. This plot is bigger than me. It's generational hatred. It's cynicism. It's grimy. Little justification. I'm African-American. I'm African. I'm black as the heart of a fucking area. I'm black as the name of Tyrone and Darius. Excuse my French, but fuck you. No, fuck y'all. That's as blunt as it gets. I know you hate me, don't you? You hate my people. I can tell because it's threats when I see you. I can tell because your waist is evil. No, I can tell because you in love with the desert eagle. Thinking maliciously, he get a chain, then you gon' bleed him. It's funny how Zulu and Thosa might go to war. Two tribal armies that want to build and destroy. Remind me of these Compton Crip gangs that live next door. Beefing with Pyrus, only death settled the score. So no matter how much I say I like to preach with the Panthers, or tell Georgia State Marcus Garvey got all the answers, or try to celebrate February like it's my B-Day, or eat watermelon chicken and Kool-Aid on weekdays, or jump high enough to get Michael Jordan endorsements, or watch BET because urban support is important. So why did I weep when Trayvon Martin was in the street, when gang banging make me kill a nigga blacker than me? Hypocrite. I understand that the demographics of my audience might not match the people this episode is directed towards, but I can't understand how anyone can listen to that without an appreciation for the art, for at least some of the art, for the spirit of the art. The raw anger and admission of hypocrisy has to have some effect on you. Whether or not you relate to what is being said is irrelevant. You, as a fellow human being, must see this inner struggle and the expression of it and empathize. It is a personal example of a universal thing, a very human thing. This humanity, this honesty is what all art is about. A very intelligent man told me that music is art and art is a reflection of ourselves. You can't make art without putting a piece of yourself in it. It is impossible. Even people who make dumb music are putting a piece of themselves in their art. People who make satirical works are putting a piece of themselves, of their humor, in their art. And I think Kendrick Lamar is better than most at being honest with his art and his writing a trait of a true master lyricist. But just because he's saying something meaningful, it doesn't mean that he can't make something that falls in line with either gangster or popular rap. I mean, The Black or the Berry is a great example of an abrasive track thematically held together by themes of gang violence, systemic racism, and police brutality, while also being a song that you more likely, more than likely have a physical response to. I mean, you probably won't and shouldn't be dancing to this, but you'd be lying if you said you didn't tap your foot or bop your head to the beat. A song that I think deals with similar themes of hypocrisy and furthers the excitement is Triple X, my all-time favorite Kendrick Lamar song and one of my favorite overall songs of all time. Again, there's a thematic connection between this and The Black or the Berry, with it dealing with one's vengeful urges at the loss of a loved one's life and the part of us that yearns for peace. The second verse in particular, which 
I'll play the bulk of, I think perfectly illustrates Lamar's mastery over the lyrical, gangster, and popular elements of rap. Told him I can sugarcoat the answer for you, this is how I feel. If somebody kill my son, that means somebody can kill. Tell me what you do for love, loyalty and passion of All the memories collected, moments you can never touch. I wait in front of niggas, spot and watch him hit his block. I catch a nigga leaving service if that's all I got. I chip a nigga, then throw the floor in his lap. Walk myself to the court like, bitch, I did that. Ain't no black power when your baby killed by a coward. I can even keep the peace. Don't you fuck up when the hours it be murder in the street. It be bodies in the hour, ghetto burby on the street. Paramedics on the down. Let somebody touch my mama, touch my sister, touch my woman, touch my daddy, touch my niece, touch my nephew, touch my brother. You should chip a nigga, then throw the floor in his lap. Matter of fact, I'm about to speak at this convention, call you back. All right, kids, we gonna talk about gun control. Pray for me. He highlights the multifaceted ideals of pretty much anyone that's human. He loudly proclaims his hypothetical violent reaction to someone hurting a loved one of his, and then shifts the song to one of calmer introspection with this phrase, All right, kids, we gonna talk about gun control. Serving as a gate of juxtaposition between the second and third verses, these two songs call attention to the complexity of the human mind by simply illustrating one's own hypocrisy. There's an irony to someone feeling disgusted by the gang violence plaguing their community while also proclaiming their retaliation if and when this violence affects someone they love. This, I think, points to a larger human issue, a dangerous cycle of complacency we all find ourselves in one way or another. Finally, I want to talk about the song Fear and Lamar's masterful use of alliteration in an afro to paint a picture of his biggest fears at three points in his life at ages 7, 17, and 27. Here are a few examples of these literary devices at play in this song. I beat your ass, keep talking back. I beat your ass, who bought you that? You stole it. I beat your ass if you say that game is broken. I beat your ass if you jump on my couch. I beat your ass if you walk in this house with tears in your eyes, running from poor poor apprentice. Go back outside, I beat your ass, little nigga. That homework better be finished. I beat your ass, your teachers better not be bitching about you in class. That piece of bed not be wasted, you eat it all. The TV better not be loud if you got it on. Them Jordans better not get dirty when I just bought them. Better not hear about you humping on Keisha's daughter. I probably die anonymous. I probably die with promises. I probably die walking back home from the candy house. I probably die because these colors are standing out. I probably die because I ain't know the markets were snitching. I probably die at these house parties fucking with bitches. I probably die from witnesses leaving me foster cues. I probably die from thinking that me and your hood was cool. Or maybe die from pressing the line, acting too extra. Maybe die because these smokers are more than desperate. I probably die from one of these bats and blue badges. Body slammed in black and white paint, my bones snapping. I'm talking fear, fear losing creativity. I'm talking fear, fear missing out on you and me. I'm talking fear, fear losing loyalty for pride. Cause my DNA won't let me involve in the light of God. I'm talking fear, fear that my humbleness is gone. I'm talking fear, fear that love ain't living here no more. I'm talking fear. Fear that is wickedness or weakness. Fear, whatever it is, both is distinctive. Fear, what happens on earth stays on earth, and I can't take these feelings with me. So hopefully they disperse with their 14 tracks carried out over wax, searching for resolutions until somebody get back. Fear, what happens on earth stays on earth, and I can't take these feelings with me. So hopefully they disperse with their 14 tracks carried out over wax, wondering if I'm living through fear or living through rap. Damn. Rap is music, rap is art. I urge everyone to dive deeper into 
Kendrick Lamar's discography and expose yourself to a kind of rap that even people like Kathy McDonald Rost, Ben Shapiro, and Crying Christian Mom would be remiss in calling it filth. Art can't be filth, only the artist can. And you probably would never dare generalize that every rapper is filth, just like you were doing with the genre. My point being, don't mistake subjectivity for objectivity, especially when the subjectivity stems from lazy ignorance. I found a really great quote in relation to the subject from someone's Medium essay that I appreciated. His name is Stephen Bisaccia, and he said, Therein lies a problem that marginalizes the universal embrace of hip-hop culture. Many people struggle to attempt to see past the controversial, provocative, and often intimidating image of hip-hop to ever dig deeper and find the essence of what makes it one of the most important art forms in contemporary culture. Couldn't have said it better myself, Stephen. That's going to be it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show and appreciate the time and effort I put into researching, writing, recording, and editing it, please consider supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash socialmedicine. There's only one tier of a dollar a month, and that's for anyone who enjoys the show and wants to help build it. I sincerely appreciate anyone who has made it this far. Please let me know what you thought about the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a beautiful day. Remember to stay safe and stay sane. Goodbye.